What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Two Smart Dummies podcast. As always, I'm your host, Marcus. And I'm your host, B. Reed. Betty, what's up, man? Nothing much, man. About ready for the college football playoffs. Yeah, I really don't need to see anything else until uh, I see LSU in Ohio State. Um, what it's looking like, man. I don't you know, really, but then again, Ohio State plays uh, Michigan this week, you know. John Harbaugh so, can change his narrative at Michigan. If not, shit, he's close to getting fired. Which is which is crazy. They're going to win nine games a year. Uh, I, don't, I don't think they'll fire. I don't think that's unrealistic fans talking a meeting. If he if you can squeeze out nine eight nine games a year, but then again it is Michigan, so their expectations might be high. But I, I don't see him getting fired. I don't even think they didn't there wasn't there a report saying that his job's not even up. Like like there's no insecurity about his job. I thought that came out after he lost earlier in the year. I think that was from fans. There, there's no way Michigan fires Jim Harbaugh. It, yeah, that's what I was saying. I, I thought that somebody from like. You know, Michigan came and said, nah, there's no way he's getting fired. Yeah, I, I I, don't see it happening. Um, Pac-12 pretty much done. Playoff, Utah still has a shot if they win to get into the college football playoff, which I, I actually really want to see. Um, other than that, just chalk. Uh, by the way, Texas people, hang it the fuck up, man. Y'all suck. <laughs> Welcome. Listen, the fact that... Baylor was in complete shambles and has now surpassed you in three years after you gave Charlie Strong two years. Was it two years? Uh, two and a half? I thought it was yeah, two and a half, three. It was... Whatever it was, y'all thought y'all found the second coming because this cat came in and won eight games, whatever he won, nine games, Tom Herman. I don't even think they interviewed anyone else. They just basically handed him the job. And well, that's my, had, that's been my that was my point about Tom Herman that pissed me off. Y'all gotta remember at Houston when he coached at Houston, he probably had one of the better Houston teams that Houston has ever had, and he fucked that up. He had uh, I think he was Greg Ward was the quarterback. He mm-hmm. had like two receivers that was seniors and ready to go that was supposed to be like NFL caliber receivers. The dude they got drafted uh, that was like his big recruit. Um, shit. Uh, he was a def- he he came in as a defensive end, but he used to be a linebacker. He got drafted last year. You know what I'm talking about? They came from Houston. I don't remember. It was a big defensive end that got drafted in the top ten. That people to Oliver. Uh, Oliver. Oh, at, at Oliver. Ed, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he he was a linebacker as a freshman there when uh, Herman was there. Yeah, that team was set to win at least ten games. Like they had been rolling. This dude came in and won like eight games or some shit like that in, at Houston. And everybody was like, "Oh, well, this this like." If you got the best talent in a smaller conference and you can't win 10, like, how are you going to win in Texas? And I know that they're not going to fire him after this year. Probably they can't. Should. They should. If they, they started should. strong, they would have. If, if, if he weren't a certain pigmentation, he'd have been fired by now. Because then you had Sam, Sam, Sam Ellinger come in and, you know, Texas Nation, I'm back. And, I mean, in Texas, y'all suck. You if you if you are letting that talent like Texas A and M, even Texas Tech, Baylor, all these teams are better than Texas. And as I said, Baylor was in absolutely sham, absolute shambles after the mess with uh, the head coach's Art name, Bryles. Art Bryles. I mean, this was a program you they were talking about getting the death penalty, and now here they are, top ten in the country. Yeah, 
Well, I will say that um, how close is uh, Baylor to uh, Houston? It seems like that. To Houston, not yeah. super close. Probably like four hours. Nah, cause I'm wondering. It seems like a lot of Houston recruits go to Baylor, but they, yeah, they turned around. The thing about Baylor is Baylor has that offense, but for some reason, wherever they're at, they get a shitload of defensive players that are fast as fuck and can hit hard. Yeah, and that's Baylor's like, basically just it's in between uh, Dallas and Austin. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, Baylor, their defense. Whenever they're good, that's the that's the thing. Like a lot of Big Twelve teams, they're good because of offense. But there's only, like, two teams that are good because of defense, and that's, like, TCU and Baylor. Like, yep. Baylor can score, but they, when they're really good, their defense is really good, and Baylor has a good defense. That's the one thing in Texas, for some reason, ever since uh, Texas A&M went to the SEC, Texas defense has not been – they have not been getting def- the defensive recruits that they used to get. That They, they took Texas A&M for granted, and that's, that's kind of split their recruiting because now – you can go to Texas A&M, and yeah, it's not Texas, but you go to play in the SEC. So you put an SEC school in Texas, and I think that's really hurt Texas recruiting because now they're really splitting with Oklahoma and Texas A&M, and they're not getting the bulk of the talent that you used to see come out of Texas. Oklahoma expanded their horizon because now they're moving out towards California and New Mexico, and they're still getting some Texas recruits. But I don't know where else Texas recruits from. Like They don't have this big base outside of Texas. Well, and they're they're – cocky right it's like yeah. you know where texas and everyone else is not well texas I mean, when you can, a decade so. yeah when you can choose okay well i can go to texas or i can go to baylor or i can go to texas a&m and i can play in the sec sec is um sending more people to the nfl and <laughs> you know what i mean or i can go to arkansas like, oh that, that, no 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 okay no. yep just <laughs> want to make sure we, yep um anyway that's all the college football news we got today. Nah, today. Nah, Ain't you, shit changed. You gonna you gonna quit disrespecting Oregon now? Oregon just shook up shook up the college football playoff, man. You don't want to you don't want to believe it, man. Oregon shook it up though. With Oregon loss. lost. Well, who cares? They, but, they they they're out. See ya. Two yeah, losses. But you still got you still got Utah. You still I got said, Utah. I said that early in the program. Utah has the only chance from the Pac-12 to get in. They've got to go and win the Pac-12 championship in order to do so. And they this still might the big, not get in. This is the big question that I have for you because it changed. Because the whole argument with me of Oregon getting in is that Oregon lost to Auburn. Utah, do they ha- who do they lose to? They don't have a quality loss. They lost to USC, who's bad. Well, USC's ranked in the top 25 for whatever that's worth. But Yeah, but, but they don't got the respect of Auburn. So I'm saying even if Utah makes it and they beat Oregon, and they got one loss. Does Utah have a chance to get in over a one loss? Who even if Bama has one loss, one loss Bama team, a one loss OU team? The, I think does Utah I, get in. Over? I think Bama's going to lose to Georgia. Um, I think I think Bama's going to lose to Auburn. I'm just I think saying, I, I think they could lose to Auburn, and this could be a moot discussion because I, well, Bama's, I just, Bama's not going to play Georgia. LSU's going to play. Oh, you're right. Yep. So I I think they're going to lose to Auburn. So I I think Alabama's toast. Uh, that well, defense let's just, stinks. They don't have let's a quarterback. Let's just say they don't, though. Let's do a hypothetical. They're not. They don't lose, right? And they beat. They beat. Uh, they beat Auburn. So Alabama beats Auburn, and at the end of the year, you have a one-loss Auburn team. I mean, you have a one-loss Bama team, one-loss Utah team, a one-loss uh, Minnesota team to Ohio State. I keep forgetting about them. What if they only have one loss and a one-loss OU team? Who gets in? One spot. Who gets in? I think it's going to be Utah. Utah they, over over Minnesota and OU? Because 
A, I mean, I don't. Minnesota's not beating Ohio, beating Ohio State. No, no, that that's, that means they have one loss. Minnesota's undefeated right now, right? No, they lost. Who did Minnesota lose to? They lost to Penn State last week. Or not Penn State? They lost to. Because Minnesota lost. beat Minnesota beat Penn State. Now yeah, Minnesota lost to somebody last week. Um, was it Iowa? Iowa State? They they lost oh, to so somebody they, last they week. They got a bad loss then. All right. Yeah. So I thought they were still undefeated. I must no. have missed that one. Minnesota's out. Yeah, so, yeah, they're ten and one. Yeah, they they, they yeah they lost last week. So I I think Utah gets in, just because a USC loss is better than a Kansas State loss or whoever the hell Oklahoma lost to. I think Alabama, if they were a ten one team, I don't think, I don't think they get in. I just don't. They they, right they really have no case. Yeah, I know you're an Arkansas fan. Oh, but at the end of the day, I'm rooting for the SEC, but, you know. No, no, I said I know you're an Arkansas fan because you have no idea how these college football playoffs work. There's no way they're taking Utah home. <laughs> Strictly I, by money. A Pac-12 winner should, should get Pac-12, in. Yeah, yeah, if it's one of the, if it's UCLA, USC, some shit like that, they are not taking Utah over Oklahoma when it comes to money. <laughs> it's I mean, just I, not happening. I cannot argue that. Oh, you could travel west and east. I don't think they're good. Like, don't give me that. But hey, well, Baylor might have a better chance. Utah getting over Baylor, but it's gonna be close. <laughs> if it's Utah and Baylor at the end of the day, it's still gonna be close. But nah, I know where to get in over OU. Too much money. We'll see. I don't With think the teams are better than LSU or Ohio State, so I really don't care anyway. Nah, that's I good. mean Ohio State. I mean, look, that's just... all I want to see. I don't care about anything else. <laughs> That's all I want to see. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I agree. I would like to see them together. Yeah, I gotta right. have. I'm an OU fan. I gotta have hope that we might get our shit together. It ain't gonna happen, but never. All, I, all I want that if if it ain't that those two teams playing, I do not care. <laughs> um, let's get to the NFL. So, this was a kind of a shitty week of football. Uh, a lot of good games on the slate, but not a lot of good games played on the field. Yeah, I mean there was there were some games that were close, but. I mean, even that, even the New England-Dallas game, like, New England is winning, but it's all defense. It looks different than what we've seen before. Like, Brady doesn't look like Brady, although it's not the playoffs. It's a different Brady in the playoffs. Brady looks like he's really struggling, but then when you Mm -hmm. say that, you got to go back to look at his weapons. You know, he's out there. At least he has Edelman. But other than that, he has, what, Jacoby Myers and no tight end, no Gronk. Sony Michelle looks like a shell of himself. He's throwing to Rex Burkhead. Like, he's yeah, I mean, really lacking weapons. I agree. And I th- I think if, if it had been different, if they played that game in Dallas, I think Dallas wins that game. Um, yeah, the weather had a lot to do with that. They couldn't really throw it downfield and do a lot of the things that they want to do with Gallup. But that's and bad Mark coaching Cooper. because exactly what Dallas should have done, they didn't do. You should have ran Zeke 30 times. I mean, Why are they, they acting like they're trying to save Zeke? Right. <laughs> like they you know don't need this game. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, last what are you year doing? seemed like they ran him 500 times, then you give him his money. Now I'm not saying just wear him out, but shit, that's what you paid him for. You paid him early because you needed him. Especially in, in a game like this where yeah. it, it's crucial to have him. So, whatever. Um, <laughs> Jason Garrett, you think he's fired? By the comments that uh, Jerry Jones made after the game, they so there, better not, they better not lose the division. I know that. that. The next coach of the Dallas Cowboys, well, yeah, for sure. There's there's no wild card hope for them if nah. they don't win the division. Nah, um, they lost to Seattle too. They're saying that uh, 
Nick Saban could be the next Dallas Cowboys coach, which for me, why? Um, didn't show that he went that he could coach in the pros the first time around. College coaches typically have a, especially an old school coach, typically has a harder time adjusting to the NFL because these players get paid more than him, and they ain't got to listen to this fool. They don't give a damn what you did at Alabama. So I, can't I see, have a hard time believing that. Yeah, I can't see Nick Saban going back because I mean his. I mean he's damn near seventy years old. Yeah, but it's also about control, man. He, I think the times that he's failed is because of the control issues that he had. And, I mean, he's not going to have – he's going to have even less control in Dallas. I mean, at least in Miami when he went there, he was like a GM and a coach. He goes to Dallas. You're not even – you know what I'm saying? You got Jerry Jones. You got Steven Jones. You don't even have control of your coaching staff. Like, they might just throw a coach on you because I can't see them getting rid of uh, – who's their OC? Um, Kellen. That, oh, Kellen shit. Moore. Kellen Moore, there ain't no way Jerry's getting rid of Kellen Moore. No. <laughs> I mean, so you're going to go there, and you're not even going to get to pick your coaching staff. There's no way Saban goes to goes to Dallas. But Dallas Dallas did, they, they lost this game, which they really needed, because when you look at the division, the Eagles are playing bad, but the Eagles has the easiest schedule in the NFL for the next, like, four or five weeks. Like, they got Miami, the Giants twice. I mean, let's see, the Giants, Washington, and Miami. So, four of those games, you know what I'm saying, are just bad teams. You got Giants twice, Washington, and Miami. And then I don't know who the Dallas Cowboys have, but Dallas Cowboys started off their game, started off their season er, um, light early. So, the only yeah. chance they have is that they play, I think, um, the Eagles at the end of the year. But if they don't win most of their games, like at least 500 and hope the Eagles drop some, they could be out just by default. I mean, the Eagles are sitting there at 5 and 6, and they're sitting there at 6 and 5. You're looking at more of a game. <laughs> so yep. uh, if, if they lose that division, it, it should be interesting, especially with the amount of money that Jerry Jones paying out. And that's pretty much what he's saying. I'm paying too much money, and he's about to have to pay Dak $38, $40 million a year. Yeah, they're going to have to get a real coach in there, but he's so, going to have to let go of some control too. Um, the San Francisco 49ers proved that they are I mean if there were any doubts they should be gone not only did they beat the Packers they beat the hell out of the Packers yeah. um, you know 37 to 8 and I mean it yeah, wasn't Rogers that close bad too. yeah I mean they beat the Packers into they showed that the Packers aren't even in their class um, which the Packers the Packers have looked shady to sketchy to the last three weeks. I mean, they got the hell beat out of them by by the Chargers a couple weeks ago, um, and I mean they they got de- demolished last night. Um, Packers are going to make so. the playoffs. That division is between them and uh, and the Vikings. So I, I think both of those teams get in. But I mean, I, I'm it, back to thinking I think the Packers, the Packers are, are who I thought they were. They're just limited because of pass catching options. I mean, once you take away. If you can take away Aaron, those running backs out the backfield, then there's really nobody else that can beat you. You know what I'm saying? If you press down and take away Aaron Jones or Williams, then Jimmy Graham is a shell of himself. There, One time I seen uh, Aaron Rodgers throw it to Devontae Adams, and there were seven people around him. I don't even know how that's possible. Like, it was a zone, but it was literally like yeah. five people around him. Right. And I'm like, how the hell does that happen? And none of the other receivers can get open. So just the sheer fact that they're so limited with offensive weapons, I think that the defense is good. I mean, defense is decent, but you can only be out there so many times. 
I, I just really think that they need another receiver in the offseason. If they really go to get Devontae Adams some help to put somebody on the other side of him, I think that the Packers will be a problem because Aaron Jones is better than I thought. I thought he was. Um, Williams is a nice compliment as a pass catching option, and I think Belaga went out too, didn't he? That game, yeah. Shit, you definitely can't have that against that defensive line. Yep. One of your best yep. offensive linemen goes out, and you're going against San Francisco defensive line. Yep. So I don't think that the Packers are a bad team. I just think they were in a bad situation, and they're always going to have trouble with any good secondary that can really take and fast linebackers that can take those running backs out the game because they don't have any other pass catching options. I double team Devontae Adams. And then make sure that there's a man-to-man coverage on any of those running backs on the outside and then force everybody else to beat me one-on-one. So, I got something to say. I said this yesterday. As a Memphis Grizzlies fan, I think for some reason I should be a Titans fan because they are basically the grit and grind version uh, in the NFL. Like, the Titans... Yeah. (laughs) I mean, they just they went ugly a lot, but that defense, that defense, and we, you know, I've been saying it since the beginning of the year. Defense. That defense is for fucking real. Um, their offense at times leaves them hanging, but the Titans don't get blown out, and you know, usually they don't blow. T- I mean, they, the 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 score versus Jacksonville was forty two to twenty, but at one point I think it was thirty five like, three. So yeah, I like um, their coach. I mean, I think that right. I think Tennessee's they a good get a team. Solid- like they just taking out Mariota and putting in Tannehill, that team looks a lot better, a lot more dangerous. But if you actually can get a quarterback back they there that can the throw, they offense. have weapons. Like I'm not completely out on Corey Davis. I don't think he's the number one receiver everyone thought, but I do think AJ Brown is. So if you can make AJ Brown the number one receiver and Corey Davis is a compliment with Jones yep. Smith and Derrick Henry, yeah, and, and you got Derrick Henry. Looks I was like, about to say, I like since Smith. the end of last yeah. year, he's now looking like a quality. He looks like Leonard Fournette. <laughs> like maybe a better version of Leonard Fournette. So, I mean, yep. I think this is a good team. I just think they need some stability at quarterback. Uh, Tannehill's done a good job, but you don't want to fucking depend on Tannehill. You know what I mean? So, I hope they don't make the mistake of giving Tannehill money because he looked good or in the offseason going to sign like somebody like Kyle Allen. Like they need to get a decent quarterback in there that can stabilize right. a young, decent quarterback that can stabilize that offense, which is not easy. That's not easy. <laughs> There's a lot of bad um, quarterbacks in the NFL. No. A lot. Oh, I yeah. Say, Before we go on, talking about the quarterback, I saw you make the comment that, uh, you know, you got all these bad quarterbacks in the NFL and cap still in the NFL. I do want to correct something. So last week, you know, we were talking about how cap didn't go to that workout or, you know, this and that. And we were confused. Well, did you hear that they were trying to get him to sign that waiver? And in that waiver, if he had signed that waiver, then he would never have been able to sue the NFL again or something like that? Yeah, so now I understand why he didn't go. He didn't sign the waiver. So it totally makes sense now. Before, I was really confused. But now I understand why he would switch things up. Because if you go there, you it's, it's kind of a setup. Because you go in there, you work out for it, you sign the paper, you sign away your rights to sue him, basically saying there's no collusion. You know, I've already been on on him for saying that he shouldn't have took the settlement. He should have just, you know, worked out the court case so he could talk about it. But then you go sign the waiver to say, you know, there's no collusion or whatever. Do the workout, and then the NFL has total control over all the film they're sending the teams. That's bad for him all the way around. So I, I do agree he should have did his own private workout. I don't know if that's going to result in him actually being able to get back in the NFL, but he may he may have another case for collusion though. It's not. I 
I I think that's more likely. Again, I don't think Colin Kaepernick ever plays in the NFL again. I just don't. Um, but I want I want to address something. I have learned after yesterday. Not learned. I kind of <laughs> always known this. I need the Mike Tomlin disrespect to stop. Because this man is a really, really good head coach. His team does some dumb shit in the playoffs. Penalties usually kill them in the playoffs. Or they, they have one mishap that, that always costs them a game somehow. But this dude with limited weapons on offense, nothing at the quarterback position, it has his team in the playoffs as we sit today. Um, and for the most part, the Steelers under him, regardless of the Super Bowl, have always been in contention. Um, now... I don't think they're a contending team this year, but to do what he's doing, I'm not saying he's coach of the year. Yeah, so my thing with the coach of the year always the problem with is coach of the year is always for the team that does really, really good with a lot of talent. You know what I mean? So coach of the year would probably go to Kyle Shanahan. Isn't he the coach of the Niners? Something like that. You know, and they are doing good. They do have a, yep. a crazy jump, but I mean, it's kind of like, you know, you were injured all last year and everybody's back healthy now. <laughs> Everybody on their team got injured last year. Now they come back healthy. And woo, Kyle Shanahan right. is coaching his team. Well, I really think coach of the year should be for somebody like Mike Tomlin. Lost Ben Roethlisberger, lost A.B., you know what I'm saying, lost linebackers, and he's still able to get his team to the playoffs. But you don't see those guys get coach of the year. You see the guys that's winning because everything's about winning. But it's harder to coach when everything's against you. Like I said, I, I know one thing Tomlin regrets is trading, what is his name, Josh Dobbs? Because he had an outstanding preseason, and I, I guess they were trying yeah. to capitalize off of his preseason thinking, oh, we got Ben and Mason can sit there. But you never know, man. You got to keep quality quarterbacks. People discard quality quarterbacks just thinking, oh, we're good. <laughs> man, if they would have kept There's Dobbs, so they would have done much better this man. season just because Dobbs so- can use his legs. You know what I mean? Even if he has bad passing games, you put him with Samuels and Connor, they could have did some different things and been more successful. Mason Rudolph is terrible. Whenever you can't complete passes to the dude you played like three years with in college, that's a problem. You know what I mean? So they went back to uh, Craig, what is his name, Hodges? Devlin Hodges or who the fuck? It's awful, man. <laughs> it's awful. Devlin Hodges. So, I mean, I respect what Tomlin's doing. I respect what he's putting together. I like the scheme. He He's shown the ability to adjust, even if it's just running a wildcat. He doesn't care. It's just all about winning with him, and I I respect that. Like I said, I think if you get in the playoffs, even though like they're lacking talent, I think they still will be a hard out because he's smart enough to just control the clock, depend on the defense, wear the game down to keep it within one possession or a field goal, and then just wait for you to fuck up. Don't look now, but your Cleveland Browns and our New York Jets quietly put together three good games in a row. I think both these teams missed the playoffs, but because uh, it's just a little too late, too little too late. I'm more encouraged by the Jets because um, they're healthy yeah. and they look fast. They look good. Um, I think that the Browns have ran, run into a very favorable stretch of their schedule. Which we knew was going to happen. Um, yeah, and I'm I'm still not convinced that they're any good, uh, but and I I still have a problem with their coaching. He's, he's uh, I just oh, think they're an easy fired. part of their <laughs> yeah. I, I think they're an easy part of their schedule. But the Jets have shown that. Um, and look, they caught the Raiders. The, the Raiders shouldn't have got off the bus yesterday. The Raiders were not motivated. Um, you know, one of the worst pa- uh, rough in the passer penalties I've ever seen in my life. Uh, go against the Raiders, and that that got that kind of killed any momentum that they had. 
uh, going the the Jets score on the next play after your defense gets a crucial stop. Uh, that's tough, but at the end of the day, they beat the hell out of the Raiders, regardless of, of some of that bad officiating. Yeah, that's what I was trying to warn you about, man. We was talking about this before. I mean, I'm not saying that. Oh, I told you, but I was trying to warn you about that. They're saying that the easy stretch, because um, all those teams are just like you guys. You know what I'm saying? They're they're bipolar teams. You never know when they can put together a good game. And the Jets is a good example. They was out well, with, without their quarterback for what six weeks, and C.J. Yeah, Mosley's been hurt shit since week one. You know what I'm saying? They've had a ton of injuries on offense, defense. They were talking about during the game of how much salary that they have on, like, their injury reserve or IR. I mean, you talk about Quincy Inua, whatever his name is, yep. CJ Mosley. Like, they just have a ton of players that are beat up and hurt. But now they're learning to play without that. So they're what we thought they were going to be at the beginning of the year. And I think they can close out strong. And next year, they may be a problem. I don't think Le'Veon's ever going to be Le'Veon again, man, unfortunately. No, you know what? He he has not looked not great. Yet. Um, And I don't think he's the same back. I mean, you kind of him and Todd Gurley, I think they're both. Yeah, but at least Todd Gurley, you can say, I mean, injuries have just taken hold. I mean, it's, only, it's like kind of like Dwayne Wade's knee. <laughs> I mean, it, it can only yeah. take so much, man. I understand why his agent probably pushed for that money up front to get him that money because – his knees are just bad. I mean, at some point in time, I think he's going to be – I don't ever think you see the Ty Gurley that we saw two years ago. That guy – You can't. I yeah, don't that, think – That guy yeah, – I don't think it's I in think, him. But if you can get, you know, um, D'Angelo Henderson, is that his name? Uh, the dude who came from Memphis? Uh, yeah. If you can get that cat right there going for next year and then have Gurley as a complimentary back, you know what I'm saying, that they could put together a system that works. Because he still – you know, Gurley can still do a lot of different things, even if it's just pass pro and protecting the quarterback – uh, but, I mean, he just doesn't have the explosive that we've seen before. Even when he gets the ball, it doesn't even look the same. Anything else you want to touch on before we get to uh, the basketball? No. My Eagles are trash. Cowboys are trash. I think the Eagles will win the division by default, but I don't feel good about it at all. It's kind of the same what I said with OU. Might make the playoffs just to get our ass kicked and disappoint me again. So, no, I'm cool. <laughs> Although I will say, next week, must-see TV, um, Rams, or excuse me, Ravens, 49ers. Yeah. That's appointment television. Now, so. now that's the craziest part about it is, uh, I remember, and I got a lot of the picks wrong, but the uh, Seahawks pick, even in the middle of the year, when, when you were asking who do you think the best team is, and I was like, I think the Seahawks are the best team, I was in the minority at this point, that point. I don't think I'm in the minority anymore. Seahawks are a good fucking yeah, team, see, man. They, they're a good team. I don't know that they're better than the than the Niners, but they're they beat a good team. the Niners though head to head, so you can't say they're not. Yeah, I gotta see. I gotta see part hey, two. Hey, hey, I think Russell Wilson's up for the challenge, man. Russell Wilson, man, he's man. I agree. I, I like Russell Russ. Wilson is our is our Jordan, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's get to the NBA, man. Um, for those of y'all that don't know, Luka Doncic is a bad dude. This cat's getting triple doubles, 40, 15, and 11. And, you know, he's scoring 35 in 22 minutes. Um, If you guys are not watching this dude, I I don't know what you're watching because he he is incredible. And I got to disagree with you on something. I changed my mind. If I'm – I mean, I I like the package that Atlanta got. I'd rather have Doncic. I'd rather have Doncic than what they've got. I, I will always choose a generational player over an all-star and a you know a potential good package because you still have a chance to fuck that package up. Yeah, I mean... 
I know what I'm getting done. You say that, but shit, I think <laughs> I might be in the minority early, but I think Trey Young's generational package. Don't take away anything Doncic mm-hmm. doing. Doncic is nice. He's nice. You know what I'm saying? He he's a generational talent, like you said. He's one of the better players that we've seen in the NBA. He he he's a complete player and does everything that you're supposed to. And I'm not even arguing. He said, "Dude's incredible, man. The plays that he makes, the how." It's really how easy he makes it look. It's kind of like when we first saw Dirk. Like, shit, man, this dude's score is so easy. And we talking about, ah, the physicality. Like, there's nothing that you can really do to stop it just because they score so easy. So I ain't taking away from that. But I think Trey Young is just the same. I mean, Doncic is killing, but Trey Young is too. You know what I'm saying? I think Trey Young is averaging something like 25 and 9 or 25 and 10. Dude shoots from everywhere. So generational talent, I think they both are. So all my point was is that you get a generational talent, and then you get another player, you know what I'm saying, another top 10 player. I think that's a good package for an up-and-coming team like Atlanta as opposed to Dallas, who needed a star to replace Dirk. So I think it was a good play for both teams um, just because Dallas got the player that they needed, and I think that Atlanta got exactly what they needed for their rebuild. But the Oh, I agree with you. I, I agree with the reasons that they did the trade. Um, like I said, so... I don't think I don't think Doncic, take- I think Doncic and Atlanta would be good like I think he would still be the guy, but but Atlanta's not a basketball. Yeah, you know city. what I'm saying. Like, or and it's not a city that's gonna ro- probably get behind an international superstar like this. I don't Dallas. think they would have appreciated it. Like like as we're talking Correct. about right now, we see Doncic all the time. We barely see Trey Young. You know what I mean? Correct. And you don't see it as much. But Dallas is a city where he can thrive because they embrace international talent. They're gonna go. You know they're gonna go. What they do this offseason, went and got Christos Prozingis to put a talent around him. Now he has weapons, and they look, they're number four in the West. They're 11-5. and five. Nobody predicted. Like, we thought they might contend for the playoffs, and it's early. But they look like a really good team. Yep. Um, and like, like I said, the Suns drafted Aiden. That's defensible. I get it. I would have taken Doncic. I said that at the time. Uh, I, I was bullish on Don, Doncic. Um have we been doing the podcast this long? Because I feel like you and I have been talking about... Wow. Shit, we've been doing this shit since um, I've been doing this shit like three years. <laughs> damn. Yeah. Um, calling, but yeah, so you, oh, you, you and I have been on Doncic. Um, but now, Aiden, I'll, I'll I get say I had Bagley. been on Doncic. I was, I was late to the Doncic bandwagon. Well, I, I was on Doncic even before the draft. I mean, I, I knew I wanted the Grizzlies to get this cat if possible. Um Bagley, I I said they should have taken Doncic, and then of course Atlanta, you know they did what they did. But and you uh, saw that thing about um, uh, and I'm not I like Bagley, so I think I think that's another one where you can nitpick. But the only reason we're not talking about Bagley this year is because Bagley got hurt, and he's been hurt for the last four to six weeks. But Bagley, yeah, but I never I never saw him over Doncic. Bagley's like, a good. I, I never but thought. I'm saying the, the he's a, of, he is a end good of player. last year. Bagley was really good, so we don't know what Bagley would have been this year. Like. I don't think Bagley is generational. I don't know, man. Bagley I think he's a, a really lot, good bro. player. I think I think we're I think he's, we're getting caught in the moment. Bagley will be back in a couple of weeks. I think you're gonna see Bagley. Bagley is he does everything, man. He's what six ten. He can handle the ball. He can shoot the ball. He can rebound the ball. He does everything. That dude is a good, really, really good and, player. So I don't I don't want to make that proclaiming now. But I did see that Lottie Vidoc thing where they were saying that Lottie didn't draft Doncic because he had a problem with his dad. Didn't you say that to me? Yeah, which he said was untrue. Oh, he said it was untrue. That'd be yeah. the dumbest reason to pass up somebody like Luca. But the the with that said, don't look now. Those Sacramento Kings are coming. 
Darren Fox getting hurt might have been the best thing for him because they can see what they've got in Bogdanovich, who's a that that dude is. You for know real. he turned down his contract, uh, right? They've been trying to resign him and he refused mm-hmm. to. Because he wants to start. I think he should. And he, I think he's good. You enough know the to. problem with him is he's the um, so he came over so late, like so you don't know what his yep. ceiling is. Like I thought, I thought he was young, and I'm gonna say this: he's still young, but in NBA years, he's like 26 or 27. I was about to say, I think he's 26 yeah, years old. Yeah, so 26 and 27 now. What I will say is international players, when they come over that late, tend to last a little longer than um, NBA players. I don't even know why. I guess because the game is less physical over there because those dudes be playing pro at like 14. But they still end up playing to like late in their 30s. But I, we at some point, we're going to have to start talking about De'Aaron Fox like we talk about uh, John Wall. Like what? I think he's kind of the cause of them starting off slow. And the, one of the reasons why they didn't take Doncic is because they already had De'Aaron Fox. And De'Aaron Fox doesn't shoot well enough to play off the ball. And you want Doncic to have the right. ball in his hand. So you already spent a pick on Fox. Then you turn around and you spend a pick on Doncic. Do you really want to do that? I mean, I don't know. For me, look, if you're drafting that high in the draft, you just take the best player available. Because there's only so many players that can change your franchise in the NBA. Doncic is one of them. I thought that when he was coming in. I obviously think that now. Um, if Memphis would have got him, I would have been through the roof. Do you think, and do that's you think with, they would have still made that decision if Luke Walton was the coach? If Luke Walton was coach, the I Kings? think they take Doncic. I think so, too. I think, the reason why I think, they they, I think they should have taken John, Doncic in the I anyway. think the reason why they didn't is because your boy was the coach and he didn't like Doncic's style because he doesn't like that free-flowing, throwing-up shots kind of improvising mm-hmm. type style. There's a reason he is not a coach in the NBA anymore. So that's why it's important that you don't get you don't get these old school bad coaches because they'll hold you back. And that's the same thing I'll say like with Ryan Saunders. I like what Ryan Saunders is doing in Minnesota. He's an innovative young coach. He's not afraid to put his young talent in there. And that's totally different than Thibodeau. Like now Ryan Saunders is playing Culver early. He's trying to find ways to get him in the game, start him at point guard, shooting guard, small forward. Um, Kades, yep. Diop Bates, who they had sitting on the bench all last year, and he was like one of the best players in the um, summer league. All the rookies voted Kada um, Diop Bates as the um, the surprise pick, like the best value pick. Like, you know, when they did that rookie poll last year before yep. the season started, he didn't get in the fucking game last year. Now they're starting to play him and show their versatility, and this Minnesota team act like they have some talent, which they didn't look like they had last year. You gotta, you guys right. gotta be young. These young coaches are more willing to play players and find a fit for them as opposed to just sticking them in your system. You're a shooting guard, and if you can't do that, then you sit on the bench. Correct. And again, that's why I don't think you see Tom Thibodeau coaching again. I don't think you're gonna see Dave Yeager coaching again. Hell, you might not see Fitz after this season coaching again. <laughs> Fitz. Hey, uh, Fitz might not even make it <laughs> become an assistant. Yeah, I don't think Fitz makes it through the year. Um, you know. Rick Carlisle has been one of those that's adapted. Um, there's there's successful coaches that are older, but yeah, you're starting to see this young wave of 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 because we're we're in a brand new era, and, and so for those of y'all listening, um, we're gonna release a, a, a all NBA podcast. Uh, we're gonna talk about just how the NBA has changed in the past decade. Um, you know, from 2010 to to now. I mean, you talk about when the Lakers won their last championship, which feels like, I mean, a long ass time ago, which was a decade. You know. And you know how short people's runs are. We'll we'll get into all that, but um, we're we're basically in a brand new NBA. We're I mean, things have changed so much in the last few years. So you're gonna see that pod come out from us. 
Um, but yeah, I agree with you. I think that you're starting to see young coaches are going to take over the league as well as they should because old school coaches, while I think that there is a place for them, I don't think it's going to be in control of a lot of these young players' lives. As an assistant, but we see in the NBA, it's funny because, I mean, essentially, if you've been bad for a long time, you're going to have talent on your team. It's just point blank here. Like, we should. shitted on Phoenix for, for like two years of just being shitty, but they're filled with talent. Except for the Knicks. But they have talent, though. And they, mm. they, they, they do. And that's that's kind of my problem with Fitz. So, like I was saying, like we were kind of saying, and, and this is my point, we were kind of saying the same thing with Phoenix last year. Oh, they got this, they got this, blah, blah, blah. You get one good coach in there that's willing to, you know, maneuver, use their talent, put people in situations that they can be um, successful, get people out of there that don't fit the system, you know, move out Josh Jackson. I don't give a fuck what pick you spent on them. Move them out, you know what I'm saying? And you yep. start doing that, and you start seeing these teams get better. Fitz, my problem with Fitz is I thought that when he first came in, he did what he's supposed to do. You know, you got your young talent, you make them earn it, you show them that you got to work for it, blah, blah, blah. This offseason comes in, and then you go sign a bunch of people that aren't going to do anything but push your young talent down. Taj Gibson. And they play, and you play, you, why would you sign? And that's not a Fitz deal, that's a Knicks deal because, yeah, you bring in Taj Gibson, Marcus Morris, those, or whichever Morris. one of those players. I think that's what because but it's cause crazy. If you didn't want him as a coach. Like your GM can put players on you, but at the end of the day, it's your job. You it's your job to play. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So not only did Steve Mills whatever bring him in, but he's playing him like he's starting Taj Gibson, Marcus Morris. Yep. Like I understand Julius Randle. He's still young. Julius Randle, yeah. I get. I I'm cool with that one. But the other two, like, why are you starting no them? And you got Mitchell Robinson and Knox. Like those people should be yep. role players when they struggle. Those are the guys that you need yeah, to develop. You should, right now, there's no chance that the Knicks go into the playoffs. So that's why you no. start Knox, you start Mitchell Robinson. I don't care if he gets in foul trouble. That's part of the learning process. You Who start cares? Julius Randle. Yep. Shit, why bring in Alfred Payton when you just traded for Dennis right. Smith Jr. and you got Frank? Yep. Let DS, let Dennis Smith cook. Let Frankie get in and you, cook. I mean, you you're bring right. in Wayne okay. Ellington, and you got Alonzo Trier sitting on the bench. It looked like like it's yep. dumb. You have you have a lot of talent, at least talent that should be explored yeah, on this next team. Just to see team. what you got. Yeah, to go with RJ, you're gonna have a high draft pick next year. Um, you know what I mean? See what yeah, you I got. Started, I would have started Frank or Dennis Smith Jr. Personally, I would have started Dennis Smith Jr. because I would have started RJ and put RJ at point guard because that's the position he wanted to play. You put Dennis Smith Jr. out there as a quote unquote he guards the point guard, but he plays off the ball because he's he's not yep. a good decision maker. Then you go ahead and you go with Julius Randle, Kevin Knox for shooting, and, honestly, and Mitchell Robinson. De- with with Dan Smith Jr., you got a player whose confidence is completely yes. broken. Because you're asking uh, you know, him to do you things come in, he's not comfortable with. You tear your ACL your first year. You come in, you butt heads with Rick Carlisle your second year. Now you get traded to the Knicks, and you got an idiot for a head coach who can't do, isn't really even willing to give you a shot. Like this may get lost in the shuffle, but people forget how how highly touted Dan Smith Jr. was coming out of college, and for good yeah. reason. But you're looking at a guy who's just had a really bad shake to start out his career. But if you can, I buy fits. Yeah, you gotta, like if if you're not going to bring in a coach that's going to nurture that young talent, because as you said, you're not going anywhere anyway. You might as well see what you got. Yeah, and then let, the more games they play, the more comfortable they get. Now, if you show, you get to see what you have by the end of the season. End of the season, you see what you have, and then you can start bringing in vets to fill in the holes. But Correct. if you just go with that roster. 
And then they should have just did something to hold the cap till like next year. They shouldn't have signed like all those players. But you, you, it made no sense. And now they they signed all those guys to one yeah, year. Yeah, I mean it's gonna fall off. Yeah, all of them but, are gonna fall off except for Julius Randle. But, but still, you should not have. That's just something you can't do. Uh, you know. Um, I want to bring something up real quick. See, so this is why the NBA is my favorite league out of all of them. Because of the innovation. So now news comes out that they're talking about doing an in-season tournament, uh, reseeding after the conference finals, um, playing games for the playoffs. And the reason they want to do that is to kind of mirror and match the college basketball system as well as the EuroLeague. And as a team, as, as a fan of a team who typically does not compete for championships, um, I love this idea because it truly gives every fan something to root for. You get in-season tournaments like, oh, cool, yeah, I'm not in championship contention, but my guys are going to get some national games, national exposure, and we can win whatever, the the, the Scottie Pippen tournament, whatever the hell it's going to be called. Um, but for, for the NBA to do this at, at a point to where they're already successful as is, to realize that maybe their product's a little stale and stagnant for the regular season, because I think you and I can agree that for the casual fan, probably not watching a lot of regular season basketball, especially if you're a fan of a non-competing yeah, team. Yeah, but uh, one of the other reasons is that early in this season, ratings are down, like, really, really, like, the ratings are really, really low this season. And I think that's a byproduct of people always say, oh, my God, the dynasty, and everyone hates the Golden State Warriors, and everyone hates this, that, and the other. But the problem is... With NBA, you gotta have somebody to root against. You know what I'm saying? People, people yep. say you hated the Lakers when they had Kobe and Shaq, but you were watching. watching. Go to State Warriors, yeah, you hated them, but you're gonna watch. You're gonna see if any of these teams good enough. Now you had the Clippers. The problem with the Clippers are is that I me mean, they don't play. Why not play? So it's not yep. the same. You got um, you got uh, you got LeBron and um, AD together, but they're not putting people in seats. And the problem is both of those are like. Like, you never know when AD is going to get hurt. And people, LeBron was a big thing in L.A. last year, and then it didn't work out. So I think it lost some of its luster. So I don't know if there's a team right now that's just putting butts in seats that everyone's getting excited about, like the Golden State Warriors, like the Heatles. You know what I mean? Nobody's just going to see it. Because even if, if I stay up late to watch fucking... Kawhi Leonard, he might not play. They might cancel for the... He right. might play 10 minutes and not get back in the game. You know what I mean? Yep. So, um, but I, I like what I'm seeing out of the NBA. And, and the crazy thing is, this is this is the best and deepest the NBA has been in. I mean, this is this is the the prime of the NBA. This is the best product that the NBA's had, maybe ever. Mm, I mean, you can go back to the '80s. Diver- you gotta specify what you're talking about because it's more like diversity of talent. I would say it was more. It'd be probably be more like the late '90s, kind of like that five year stretch in the '90s. From like ninety five to ninety nine or ninety, you know what I'm saying? Where you think that was a good stretch? Yeah, yeah. I think that was a bad stretch. I, mean, I think that you, the early nineties was a good I stretch. I think the late nineties when they had Phoenix, you had uh, had a bunch of good teams well, that had like two two talented players. It wasn't any team that had like you know that was super dominant. Besides for the Bulls, but even with the Jazz I, being good, you had Houston out there. You had you know what I'm saying? You had you had some good teams. Yeah, but you look at the early 90s where Portland, Phoenix, 
I mean, you had hall like legitimately hall of famers just littered they everywhere. They were older though, man. I mean, I didn't like I didn't like so because we're talking about. I mean, you got you got to break down the nineties, and you talking about the first three peat or the second three peat. That's how I break them down. Right, and that's all before death, after <laughs> yeah. death, like like before retirement. We want to figure yeah. that out. So. Yeah, I I didn't really think that the uh, the first three peat was that spectacular. The second three peat I thought was more impressive to me. Like that first three peat. Um, I mean, you had the Lakers. They beat the Lakers, who was on their last leg. They didn't even have Kareem. You know, they were a good team, but I didn't really like the Lakers. You know what I'm saying? That Portland team, I mean, it, they were, they looked good then, but now you look back and like, man, that Portland team wasn't that fucking great. I wasn't that impressed with that fucking Portland team. The Seattle Supersonics, when they had Kemp, Kemp and um, Peyton, they were a good, exciting Team with Douglas Shrimp and Sam Perkins, they were good, but ain't nobody putting them in like an all-time list. You know what I mean? But except for a what if? Yeah, but but yeah, then, then in the second half, you know, you got the Jazz twice. You got the Phoenix Sun team. They had Kevin Johnson, Charles Barkley, uh, Richard that, Dumas. That Suns team was first half. No, nah, the Suns team was second half, wasn't it? They they played 93. them in. Uh, they played the Suns ninety three. Oh shit! So who they played the first year that they um in uh, second three peak? Sonics. Oh shit. Yeah, Seattle first year, then the Jazz last two. Oh, okay. Lakers, Portland, Phoenix. Either way, my point still stands. <laughs> Just wrong. You see, <laughs> you see how you are? Just wrong. Okay, you didn't wasted everybody's damn time. I still think the I still um, think the I still think the second three P had better talent than the first three P. Personally, I just think there was more exciting to watch. There was more competitive games. There's more players. I didn't like all the teams. Like I named the ch- the finalists. But as far as overall on the NBA, I don't think there was a huge like I didn't I didn't like the talent thing. So I but anyway. Oh, but what hold on, what I wanted to waste. say <laughs> I did waste up. <laughs> I only got two teams wrong. <laughs> Shut up. Anyways. Said all that to say nothing. <laughs> I know what the boys do says. But what I do want to say, when they kept talking about shortening the season, because part of this thing that they're introduced, the NBA is introducing is that they are shortening the season. But every time they talk about shortening the season, I don't know why I was thinking they were trying to shorten it to like 63 games or some bullshit like that. No, it's going to be like yeah, 75. Like I said 78, didn't it? 78. Yeah, like they're, yeah, okay. all this shit that they're trying to implement, they're only going to take four games off. I know the players. I think 76 is the final number. Either way. Either way. Are you, are you yeah. seriously telling me that the players are doing all this fighting for six fucking games that they sit out anyway? Most of these players don't play the last two weeks anyway. So you're fighting right. and sitting out games all early season to reduce the season by six games? <laughs> I mean, but, but yeah, you're losing those games, but you're generating more no, revenue by that's doing not what I'm saying. I'm saying that they're sitting out and they're complaining and <laughs> the negotiations is for six games. Yeah, no, I get it. What the fuck, man? I get it. If your team sucks, you're probably not playing the six games. If your team winning, you're probably not playing the six games. Right. Nobody's playing eighty two yeah, games. Nobody's playing those last fucking games unless you try to pad your stats to get a bonus or some shit. But you know what? Um, oh, man. um whatever. So to kind of go off of what we were talking about, there is so much young talent in the NBA. Like you and I talk about Doncic. Yeah. We talk about yo know, Giannis, everybody knows about I mean even Kawhi, Kawhi is like 27, yeah. 28, you know, AD is 26, 27. Um, there's a lot of young talent, but those are, those are our superstars, right? There's a lot of young cats that are flying under the radar, both rookies, second, third year guys, um, that I'm telling you, if you, if you guys pick a team out there that's listening, if you pick a team, you can find young talent. We already talked about the Sacramento Kings, so we don't really have to talk about them again. But you even look at the Portland Trailblazers, who just signed Carmelo Anthony. First game didn't go great. Well, 
And people were on his head let, about let that. Me, let me stop you right there. Remember when we talked about... No, nah, I wouldn't talk. This was in the group chat. I get it mixed up. But addition by subtraction. Isn't it funny that Miami loses Hassan Whiteside and now they're like fourth in the East. Looks like a different team. Portland mm-hmm. gets Hassan Whiteside and now they're five and, and they are 12. Trash. So I was listening yep. to some of the analysis. I can't remember who it was. I think it was Reggie Miller. And this is something that I didn't notice. But he said that the reason why Portland is struggling with Hassan Whiteside is because Whiteside set some of the worst screens in the NBA as a big man because he's so worried about getting the ball. So you put that in comparison to like Nurkic, who really set solid screens and opened CJ and Dame up for those threes because he's actually hitting the three screens and not worried about getting the ball. That is not happening now. Whiteside setting those lazy screens and rolling that the guards are really having trouble getting. And it. It's addition by subtraction, but it's the opposite way. You know what I'm saying? Subtraction well, by addition. He is lazy. He is um, but that's not worth it. And just, just so people know, get off Melo's head, man. The man ain't played basketball a year and a half. Like, yeah, he, can't, damn. he came back the next game and was cooking. Right. All, well, I don't know why they signed Melo. Melo's trash. Like, man, damn, he ain't played competitive ball in a year. Okay? Relax. You know, I'm on record um, saying that I thought that Melo sign is going to work spectacularly. When Dame th- get back, I think it is too. he's going to take a lot of pressure. Um, but as far as young talent goes, I want to actually stick on the Trailblazers. Um, Anthony Sim- Simmons is the truth. I like this dude, and I like that three-guard rotation that they have with him. Um, I, I I like him. That That's a guy that... You know, you kind of was wondering if he was going to put together because he didn't go to college. Yeah. Uh, Anthony, uh went to prep school one year, and he was one of the guys like Mitchell Robinson that set out and didn't go to college. He got drafted in the first round, but, you know, he wasn't ready for them body-wise. He wasn't ready. But the GM is on record of saying he's probably the most talented person that they've ever drafted. You might have to wait and, two years to really see it, but he's he's made an incredible jump from last season to this season. Oh, yeah. He's coming. Um you know, I know there's a couple guys you want to get to, but and we've talked about Trey Young, who would be on that list. Uh, obviously, for me, John Morant, yeah, John and nice. you know, I feel like and we Brandon talked about Clark the, too. the you young. Can't forget about Brandon Clark. Brandon Clark. Um, you know, the Grizzlies are putting some nice pieces together, and if Ja can stay healthy, um, look out. I mean, because that dude is for real. Um, you know, there's just there's, there's there's legitimately young talent everywhere. We talked about how many teams were ready to give up on Markel Fultz. Yeah. And Markel Fultz is starting to put it together now down in Orlando. And that, you see, that's the perfect situation for, uh, for a young rookie. Because you, you think about, like, Boston's, you know, stacking all these picks. Philly was stacking all these picks. But those rookies that come into situations where you're expected to win yeah, now, you're expected pressure. to be developed, it's so much pressure that maybe that's not so good for a lot of these young guys' careers. Yeah, that's what I used to say about Fultz is one thing is that, yeah, Fultz, he had this shoulder injury his first year. Then the second year when he actually got healthy, he would get in the game. And then he would try to play his game the way he's supposed to play his game. And the way he plays, the way he played as at Washington, like, yeah, you get turnovers because you're trying to make plays. You know what I'm saying? You get deep in the lane, you throw it to him. But that's not the style they wanted. So then they'll kind of get down on him and his confidence got down. Now you can see every game with the magic, he's starting to gain confidence. But some of the players, like you said, um, there's a lot of young players. We talk about Luka, we talk about Trey, we talk about all these players that everyone knows, but they're, the reason why I think this is the deepest time in the NBA is because if you look down the bench, some of these role players would have been stars in the 90s. Uh, one player you guys need to look out for on that same Magic team is Jonathan Isaac. 
This dude, when he came in, he suffered from some ankle injuries. This is his third year. He had two kind of down seasons, but the dude's not even done growing. Like he grew three more inches over the offseason. He's like six foot ten, some say seven foot. He's a outstanding defender. He's a small forward that's leading the league in blocks, like three blocks per game. He gets steals and he can score. He hadn't even touched his offensive talent and he's already a defensive threat. So Orlando Orlando has a lot of young, young talent. Aaron Gordon talent. has become Yeah. Aaron Gordon has become a fantastic NBA player on both sides of the ball. Um, You know, we know what Vucevic can do. He's an all-star. Obviously, he just signed a four-year deal. We'll see what Mobamba becomes. That seems like they probably didn't need to make that. Yeah, I think they didn't think they could keep Vucevic. Correct. I I think Vucevic signing, but I still think there's a move coming. I mean, I heard earlier in the year that they were talking about going after DeRozan, and I could definitely see Mobamba being a great fit in San Antonio. But... Yeah, I've, I've heard that they're looking for a two guard. I don't think they're too sold on Evan Fournier. So I'll be looking sometime soon, probably close to the trade deadline. Orlando really trying. I to- think they're sold on Fournier. They just know what Fournier is. Fournier is a cat that's going to get you 16 to 20 points a game, but not do much. But that's the problem with the Magic. They're they sometimes have trouble scoring. Like even though you got Vucevic, you got Gordon. They don't consistently get their own shot. I mean, in the playoffs, they're relying way too much on DJ Augustine. So I think they're looking for somebody Correct. that could really get their own shot that they can depend on, which I think DeRozan, that'll be a good fit for him too. It's kind of like early in Toronto where there's less pressure and you got more talent around you. So I would like to see that trade happen. Um, who else is a young guy that you think people should keep their eye on? I got another one. This is, this is going to sound crazy because people know his name. But um, Brandon Ingram, oh, yeah, uh, down New Orleans. Um, if you ask me right now, if you'd asked me last year, you know who I'd rather have between Brandon Ingram and Ben Simmons, I probably would have still said Ben Simmons. I think at this point for me, I don't really think Ben Simmons has gotten better since his. Definitely not. I think he's the same player well, he was last year. Ben Simmons. <laughs> ben Simmons be balling, Listen, bro. I, I <laughs> like Ben. Enough. I just don't think I like that system for Oh, no, nah, definitely. Definitely because that system requires I, I think, you to shoot a jumper, and that's his problem. Yeah, I, I think Ben Simmons is in the wrong system. I don't think he's a bust. I don't think that he's peaked. I don't think any of that. But I think Brandon Ingram, out of the spotlight, again, we talked about going young players going to the Lakers is, is tough. Yep. And playing with LeBron, whatever the case may be, but Brandon Ingram has been cooking. When when he when he is on the court and healthy, uh, New Orleans New Orleans has so much young talent. I don't know where we're gonna go on Lonzo Ball. Dude can't stay healthy. But I like looks Lonzo, but I, looks a lot better. I'm not sure that he's ever gonna be an All Star um, or live up to the potential that he he had. Um, I don't ever want to hear anyone say anything about him, <laughs> and Jason Kidd, again. Um, but I I like. Brandon yeah. Ingram, put it that way. Put it, uh, if you're not watching that that Pelicans team, which I don't blame you for, that yeah, dude Brandon is for Ingram, real. Man, I thought Brandon Ingram always got a bad draw, kind of like D'Angelo Russell. They came into that system, they were expecting them to be Shaq, Kobe, and live up to these expectations, and forget that even Kobe came out and he had to develop into Kobe. They wanted to rush the situation that they didn't appreciate the talent they have, like Julius Randle, Brandon Ingram, D'Angelo Russell. I bet having them now. You know what I'm saying? And letting them develop together. Man, that Lakers team would be pretty decent right about now. 
Turns out yeah. the Lakers do draft well. They just are impatient and they're dumb. Don't let them so. develop. But you had D'Angelo Russell, Brandon Eagle, Julius Randle, um, Zubak on, all on the same team. You had uh, Wagner, Montez Wagner last year. Who? Yep. You, Montez you Wagner had, is, um, you know, like 10 and 8 with the Wizards. You know what I'm saying? They're talented yep. players. And they gave yeah, Zubats away for free. But another young kid that um, – Brandon Ingram, I definitely agree with you. Another young kid that's not getting a lot of uh, a lot of attention – is on the Charlotte Hornets. Young Devontae Graham, second-year player. Yeah, Devontae they um, Graham. got rid of Kimball Walker. Everybody was like, you know, what is Jordan doing? Why they didn't play on the Supermax? Now I see why. I mean, Devontae Graham, that kid has that swagger bound. He came out of Kansas. Last year he was in there as a rookie. He learned behind Kimball, picked it up really fast. Now the kid is averaging 10 assists. He, came, he, was starting off, he was coming off the bench, but then just kept outplaying Terry Rozier to the point where they were like, I think Terry Rozier might be better off the bench. Now he's starting. He's yep. uh, 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 He shoots. He, he made most threes besides for like James Harden in the league. He's averaging like eight or nine assists a game, and he really keeps that offense going. This Charlotte team is another team that we were really hard on in the offseason, and they look like they have a ton of talent. Rightfully yeah, so. I mean, you give away Campbell, but Supermax, Campbell, 27, you don't know if he peaked or not. It's kind of making sense now, but with the – I think they did the right thing I, by not re-signing Kemba. Yeah, I think I said I, that I don't, time. Know, I don't know if I agreed at the time, but now I definitely agree with Rozier, Devontae Graham, nice draft pick and drafting P.J. Washington, Miles My, Miles uh, yep. Bridges Miles looks Bridges. good. Um, I, I, I still think they need to do something about Cody Zeller and Biombo. They need to fix that situation. But, well, and Batum, yeah. and yeah, I mean, they definitely have holes, but they actually now – they have young talent now, that now they the can build thing, around. The good thing Rozier about the tomb is he's a cap placeholder. So if they show enough at the end of the season when that 30, 25 minute, whatever Jordan gave him falls off the book, they will be able to bring some people in because they do have the camp because they didn't resign Kemba Walker and Batum's making a shitload of money. So they'll be able to bring some people in in the offseason if this team continue to show and throw show talent. Um... I'm trying to think of who else will be on that list. I mean, we've talked about, um, you know, what they've got in Brooklyn. When Kyrie's hurt, uh, you know, Dinwiddie come, Dinwiddie, Karis Levert, they both come in, and uh, I, I'm pretty sure that Brooklyn is just like, <laughs> fuck. You had to sign Kyrie, but that's kind of a yeah. no-win situation for Brooklyn. Because um, I get it. Like, you have to do it, especially in order to get yeah, Kevin Durant. You, you, but man, you, you have a nice thing going. Durant. I mean, we we can't judge. I mean, I Correct. was on record as saying I don't think they're going to make the play. I was wrong about Boston. Boston's going to be good. You were wrong about Toronto. Toronto's probably, and I do want to talk about Toronto is probably one of the better development teams in the league. Period. Uh, they develop. No doubt. You talk about it. I don't know if he's young, and he definitely ain't under the radar. But Pascal Siakam, uh, Fred Van Fleet. Yeah. I mean that. Fred yeah, Van Fleet th- those is the dude, truth. Uh, if you watch Fred Van Fleet, you mean you probably got a taste of him in the finals. That shit was not a fluke. Fred Van Fleet has came out this season cooking, and even though they lost Kawhi Leonard, they have not missed a beat. They got young Chris Boucher, who looks like a young um, Siakam. You know what I mean? Like they yep. are Nick Nurse and um, what's what was dude name? Mazzaio, whatever. Uh, yeah, they are incredible at finding talent and developing talent because they have some shit in the cupboard and I don't think that they're going to drop off even after losing Kawhi um, last person I want to talk about though is young Kelly Oubre who the Memphis Grizzlies could have had 
But they wanted to hold on to fucking Dylan Brooks. <laughs> how how um, good listen, would man, I, Kelly Oubre has looked great for the Suns. He's been playing great since the second half of last year. If the Suns right now, I mean, if the Grizzlies right now had John Morant and had Kelly Oubre on the same team, could you imagine? What if? <laughs> no, I cannot imagine. Okay, instead I got to look at Dylan Brooks, who had that st- same stupid ass mohawk since he came in the league. Bro, I can't believe just, y'all called that fucking trade off for Dylan Brooks and Marshawn Brooks. Are you fucking kidding me, bro? You want to know why they fired <laughs> the GM? Get Josh Jackson. Come on, man. You know, okay, so I, I'm i okay with the Josh Jackson thing. Like, the dude's top five pick. You throw him in D League, let him develop. That dude's not start play whatever. Yet. But I agree with you. Not for Memphis. <laughs> probably not. No, he'll probably be overseas at some point. But, um, yeah, uh, listen, I don't know why you felt the need to. <laughs> kind of poke that stick but you know i get it whatever cool i'll be back <laughs> i'll just say young kelly uber is out there cooking he could have been on the Mav- uh, yeah i know <laughs> i live in phoenix i watch this motherfucker yeah, he every day. Been on the Memphis okay? grizzlies yeah. john Morant kelly I'm and familiar. the energy that he brings i think he's a large part of what what has t- changed that um phoenix team around i mean he takes a lot of pressure off of devin booker devin booker doesn't have to worry about getting 70 points every night sometimes he can coast and cruise and as i keep saying man People can keep sleeping on this uh, Phoenix team. This Phoenix team is really good, and they're going to be around. I'm not quite sure about Minnesota yet, even though with the fall of like Portland, some of those teams in the West, I think Minnesota might be legit the way Ryan Saunders is coaching. It's just hard for me to fully commit on Minnesota with Cat, man. So there's a lot of – one thing, uh, you know, we talked about why we love the NBA and, and this, that, and the other, but you mentioned Nick Nurse and uh, Usai Majiri. Um that is what the NBA is doing right now. Like finding, I mean, you're finding talent everywhere. You're bringing in all these international guys. You, you, the smallest colleges, you're going to get noticed. And, you know, you're starting to see younger and younger turnover in the NBA with young coaches, with um, young GMs, with owners who are forward thinking, as opposed to the NFL, who's still stuck in this mentality of, I mean, because how many bad GMs are there in the NFL? How many bad teams are there? You know, head coaches are, are in the NFL. You you got a guy like like Freddie Kitchens. Would it shock you? Or no, 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 no. Let me let me ask you this. Would it shock you if Hugh Jackson got another head coaching job? Shit, I just saw a thing. He's saying that Hugh Jackson is going to get another coaching job. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? That is the problem. Jack Del Rio would probably get another job. John Fox would probably get another job they don't if like they the want NFL it. Coaches, um, that, NFL GMs don't like the unknown. They just want something stable. You know what I mean? So I was listening to Chris Long on a podcast recently, and he mentioned that um, the reason that you get all these recycled and bad head coaches and bad GMs is because, A, it's obviously the good old boys club, and B, um, the players, the the best players, the best football minds actually don't want to be coaches. And you see that repeatedly in the NBA. Guys go from the, the, uh, 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 from the court to the bench or to a front office. You look at Steve Kerr, who got to learn under Phil Jackson, got to learn under Greg Popovich, went and did TV, became a GM, you know, and then went up to to Golden State. And you know what I mean? You don't see that at all in the NFL. And, and he mentioned that the best football minds don't want to coach after their careers because it's so demanding. Um, and it honestly, to be frank, it's hard for black players to get that trust, um, to go into 
uh, positions of power in the NFL. It, not saying it's impossible. It's definitely harder for them to do because the leash is a lot shorter. Where the NBA is so open-minded and so forward-thinking in that regard that, you know, there's so yeah. much shit in the NBA that, that happens in the NFL that would yeah, not like, find the It NBA. might be better just to go. Like, I just saw... Um, I just saw Deion Sanders is coaching in Texas, you know, coaching the Texas high school football. Yep. I mean, they put you through, and like you said, they have these coaches that they already, you know, already established, and they recycle and use the same coaches. If I'm a player, do I really want to go through all that to become a coach? I might have to be an assistant for 20 years, you know what I'm saying, and putting in yep. time away from my family. If you're talking about head coaches putting in all this time, what do you think assistant coaches are doing? You've already been away from your yep. family for 10, 12 years playing football, and now you're going to be away coaching. So I can understand it might be better just yep. to come and get a high school job, which you're probably almost guaranteed just on status. You know what I mean? And they'll no hold a college football assistant coaching job, which may not be as demanding. But you're also right in the NBA, you're going to get a chance. Um, even if it's on as an assistant or something, you, it's easier for you to get through the system and get a chance to be a head coach. Um, as opposed to being in the NFL. Like, I know Rondo's going to be a coach. Whatever you say about Rondo, there's no way that dude's not going to end up being a head coach at some point in time. Yeah. I mean, but you you look at how many times in the past handful of years, I mean, Jason Kidd, Derek Fish, those guys walked off the court into a head coaching role. Now, was that great? Yeah. Probably not. But that wouldn't wait happen till, in the NFL. Wait till LeBron you got James off Jones, who GM, which is going to be the next Jordan. <laughs> Well, I mean, James Jones did it. He walked and became what VP of basketball yeah. operations. Uh, you've and, got and doing a good uh, job. Now. Who is the, now, now? It looks like he's yeah, doing great. You got Trajan, Trajan Langdon down in in New Orleans, and the NBA is also including. Now they're plucking WNBA coaches and and WNBA ex players like Swing Cash is down there in New Orleans. Like, there's so many so basketball that, that's, minds. That's what, that. So that's it's kind of hard for the NFL because the NFL doesn't have like smaller leagues and they don't have like you used to have the Euro League where you can send coaches and show they don't have a lot of places to yep. take coaches from except from college football with the NBA like you said you got the WNBA Nick Nurse came from the G League you know what I'm saying you seen him win like three championships in the G League to get a chance um, they're they're opening up a NBA Africa. They're doing a M- NBA yep. India. They're about to um, they're about to make up. They're about to even the Canadian they, basketball yeah, league. You're the seeing, NBL, seeing the Euro pluck from league. there. Like you have so many places where you can get coaches from and see that they're talent and see that they're systems. They're they're also about to do something with China, a conjunction with China. I mean, yep. there's so many places that you can go to coach and show you can coach as opposed to the NFL just having the NFL college football. You know what I mean? That's all you really have. Yep. And even in college football, you kind of be got to be in a blue blood school and prove yourself to even get a shot. They're not taking anybody from fucking Western Kentucky and bring you up to coach. You know what I mean? I mean, but apparently you can come from Texas Tech and be a loser and, and get NFL hey, coaching job. You but that's a one off. You know what I'm saying? That's like the quarterback yep. that you see that was never good. And you say, you know what? I can take that quarterback and put him in the NFL and it work. He has a system, man. That shit, he's yep. not wrong. It ain't proven to be wrong yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, man. Before we get out of here, I just want to say again: look for more content from us this week. We are going to drop an NBA podcast. Um, for those of you guys that uh, are new to the show, maybe aren't familiar, the NBA is where we live. That's what we love. That's where our passion is. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna drop a lot of NBA content over the next um, over the next few months. Uh, we have a website coming: twosmartdummies.com. Um, where you'll be able to see blog posts, you'll be able to see, uh, you know, links to all of our podcasts, 
Uh, it's going to be NBA heavy, guys, uh, so get ready. There, there, there's a lot that's going to happen that I think you're going to start to see our, our, our a lot more offerings for us. Yeah, from man, us. don't be afraid to leave a comment on the Instagram or the YouTube and let us know what you guys would like to hear, um, what we can do better. We take suggestions, So, um, but this will be up on YouTube, as you know. Um, and also, you can find us anywhere you get podcasts. If you're listening, you probably already know that. <laughs> but tell a friend. Yep. <laughs> and spread the word. Word of mouth is our best advertiser. T- tell your people about us. All right. This this can be your home for the NBA. Okay. We'll we'll welcome you home. All right. So that's it. That's all. We'll holler at y'all soon. Be looking out for another podcast this week. Peace. Happy Thanksgiving. Peace.